Arizona, Arizona Sports. Sports. Burns and Gambo talk with a decision maker from the Coyotes front office. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. Welcome back to the Burns and Gambo Show. It is the 3 o'clock hour, and it's our weekly visit with a member of the Coyotes front office. Today, it's Bill Armstrong, the Coyotes general manager, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. With just a couple games left before the NHL's All-Star break. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? Well, I think you should be doing good. Does it, it, does it look good for Matias Michelli and Lawson Kraus, both back in the lineup tonight against the Blues? Yeah, they're they're both back. They're eager to get at it. I, I got a good feeling that they're going to be two of our best players tonight. They're going to bring some energy in the locker room, and they're excited about playing. So, um, yeah, there's yeah, we missed Krauser when he was out. Big body that works hard and can score some goals. And Michelli's just he brings a lot of energy to the team. He makes a lot of plays, and, and guys get excited to play with him because they know they're going to get the stick on the the puck and the stick and, and good opportunities to score. So, uh, yeah, be. It, it is amazing the impact Michelle has on this team because you know when these guys have gone out, your scoring has gone way down. You guys have have struggled yeah. to put the puck in the net outside of the occasional great game by Kelly here and there. But those two guys, but it is incredible the just the the impact that Michelle has on this team. It is, you know, for a young kid, you know, he comes in here, he, he de- let's say he demands the puck, but his hockey sense is so good, he just has the puck the entire time, and he can he can make some high end plays. And I think, you know, last year we've seen little bits and spurts. He's been way more consistent with his with, with his effort and his uh, his A game this year. Um, so I mean, he's exciting to watch out there, and uh, he's, he's special on the power play too. He can he can make some seam passes and. Uh, you know, he really give our team a chance to create some more offense, and we've we've missed both both guys. All right. So, from what we understand, you are attending the CHL Top Prospects game in Vancouver tonight, and there is a certain young player who's going to be playing uh, in that tournament in that game. Connor Bedard is going to be there. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, what you're going to be seeing, what you're going to be looking at? Yeah, so I actually, actually played last night. I'm, I'm back in AZ right now, but the okay. uh, it, it was good. Um, you know, they, they packed the rink in Langley, BC, just outside of Vancouver. It's great atmosphere. Um, you know, he put on a show. He didn't get rewarded with points, but you know, he uh, he certainly entertained the you know the uh, the crowd. And every time he had the puck, he, everybody almost stood up and he go, oh, you know. So he's you know he 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 obviously you know has impact when he when he comes to the rink. Uh, you know, every game he plays. In the CHL, sold out. I uh, went to see him in Prince George. Prince George hadn't been sold out in 15 years, um, and he just, you know, he has a huge impact, and he doesn't disappoint. Uh, he, he can really um, bring you out of your seat, and he's a special player. So it's uh, it's been good to watch him, uh, not only there, but um, also at the World Juniors. When you when you face this Blues team, which obviously you know so well and had such a big hand in putting together, I mean, it is incredible. Like some of the depth that they they've got eight players who have at least ten goals. Only the Bruins, yeah. only the Bruins have that. I mean, the depth throughout the lineup. When you look at that, do you do you kind of envision that's the way you want to build this Coyotes team? 
Well, I, I do. I, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to build teams, but when you can get depth on your third and fourth line, uh, you know, you go into the playoffs and you're playing a huge game and, you know, your two top lines usually equal out. Like, they, they just null and void each other and then it comes down to the third and fourth and you can really do some damage with, with having some really quality players in the third and fourth line and that's just by drafting well and that's just drafting, you know, as many good players as you can and get them in the lineup and uh, Blues have done that. Uh, they've, uh, you know, they've had some ups and downs this year, but uh, uh, they're certainly have put together some. They've had a streaky year where they've won a whole bunch of games and played, their, brought their A game, and then you know brought their D game on nights and had streaky, streaky losses that uh, they kind of take them out of a playoff picture. But uh, they'll be a tough, they'll be a tough game tonight for us to play. And like you said, they got a lot of depth and a lot of scores. Yeah, and I, I definitely like that Justin Falk and the way he's played this year. What's it, what's it like welcoming them to the Mullet Arena? I mean, you got a lot of familiar faces that you know and a lot of friends over there, and this is their first visit to play at this arena. Yeah. Well, I, I just uh, I just spent some time with uh, my former boss, their GM, and just said, hey, listen, you know, it's going to be fast. I come ready to play. It's, it's a great atmosphere. I said, you're going to love the setup. You get off the plane and you're at the hotel in 10 minutes, and it's a walk away from the hotel to the rink. It's just an unbelievable setup. And, you know, I, I think it's just, it, it's, it's, you couldn't get any better. Like, there are little things that we can do in AC where, you know, our guys are warming up on the actual turf outside. And it's just a unique place. And I think uh, over the years, as we make it a little tougher and we become a better team, it's going to be a hard place to play. Uh, I think teams are going to like coming in there, but they're also going to dread it. Uh, so it's going to be a good matchup tonight. I want to ask you about just goaltending depth because Vizmelk is such a you know a good player, and is there is the thought that maybe you know at the trade deadline you could be very active with you know obviously we're looking at a potential Jacob Chikrin and Costas Bear, and you know I'm sure you're going to get calls on Vizmelka because how good he's been. Connor Ingram's had some struggles, there's no doubt about it. How yeah. do you feel right now about the depth that you have behind Vizmelka? Well, goaltending goal is only 10% of the game, unless you don't have it, and then it's 100%. That's so true. So, That's true. So, so anytime you get a chance to hold on to a goaltender, and I don't care. Like I think over the years that, you know, my staff and myself have done a good job, you know, whether it's been Ben Bishop or Jake Allen or Pennington or Huso or, you know, Hoffer that's coming through there now. Like, you know, we also had a hand in drafting some pretty good goaltenders, but there's no sure fire one that you just say, okay, every night he's going to be the guy. I know it's a hundred percent. So it takes time to get that trust with him. And, and, uh, you know, and I think, you know, we'd be crazy, you know, unless somebody, you know, came out and did something ridiculous. Reg Mackle's been our guy and we like him and, and you know, he, he's got a chance to, to be an elite goaltender. Um, you know, obviously that's something that, you know, he's got to work at and get better, but he's still a young man and figuring out the NHL. So uh, I like where he's at. Engie's um, had some good games too, um, you know, and he's really come a long way since the start of the year. Uh, so, you know, I think we're just going to see how, how it goes and, uh, um, you know, we'll go from there. But, you know, so far, Veg Malco has been a, a really good goaltender. He's been uh, he's been awesome for our team. And, and we you know, last year, I have to say, he stole us about 10 games. So, um, you know, he has that ability and that's what's exciting about him. I could be wrong about this as we're chatting with Bill Armstrong, GM of the Coyotes. It feels like it's been pretty split between them the last two weeks, three weeks or yeah. so. Is that yeah. is that by design? Is that part of the plan? What's sort of the method when it comes to d- deciding who gets to play on each given night, Bill? Yeah, it's it's a workload thing for us. It, it's, we've been on the road on and off, back and forth, game after game. So it's just, 
you know, they can't, you know, goaltenders nowadays, you know, you want to make sure that you, you get them their rest when you can. Um, it's just a, it's a hard game for them. So we, we, we try to, you know, break it up. And he's played pretty well, uh, you know, so he's been able to jump in there and kind of uh, uh, take a little bit of the load off Veg Malka. And it's been it's been a good thing. And they, they, they work pretty well together. So, um, you know, uh, when Veggie's been, uh, and continues to be our, our best goaltender. Yeah, it's, you know, I look at that Blues team and that 2019 Stanley Cup, man, that was just so incredible. And O'Reilly was the Consmite Trophy winner. He was so good. And then you see the rumors now yeah. with Tarasenko and <laughs> O'Reilly, and they, you know, they could be, be traded and the free agency status coming up. And just, you know, what's, what's it like from afar to, to watch that team, a team, like I said, you've, you've put together and had so much success and, 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 and see what they're doing? Yeah, those, those a lot of those players when you obviously you win a championship with you know they're they're special. I mean they become like family and you know it, it, at the other thing is is you know when you when you draft them when they're eighteen years old they're they're little boys you know and and they kind of grow up around you and you know they're almost like your children uh, to some degree so you you get really attached uh, to them. It's it's great to see. You know the guys like Kyrou and even Tage Thompson that that left, and the Robert Thomases and the Vince Dunn's and all all those kids um, were, were had huge huge impact for the Blues. And uh, you know you get to know them; they're just quality people that they're talented hockey players. And they had one goal, and that was to win a championship. And uh, I'm sure they're they're going to be fired up to play tonight. But uh, no, it's really good to, to obviously to, to see some of those kids and and see the success they've had. All right, so home against the Blues tonight at Anaheim on Saturday, then the All-Star break for the NHL. Bill, as always, we appreciate the time. Best of luck tonight against the Blues. We will talk to you very soon, okay? Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You got it. Thanks, Bill. Bill Armstrong joining us on the Arizona Sports Line here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Do want to remind everybody that the Innings Festival is back. Two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, so much more. It returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. So, refreshing the breaking news that we had about 15 minutes ago. Another name has now been removed from the Cardinals candidate pool who is out now who is left now that's next burns and gambo arizona sports cardinals head coaching search update 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 We've had some movements today when it comes to the Cardinals coaching search. They haven't hired a coach, granted, but two names that we have talked a lot about over the last couple of weeks have both ruled themselves out and will not be the next Cardinals head coach. Frank Reich took the job as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He interviewed with the Cardinals last weekend. Dan Quinn, his name shot high up the Cardinals list and quickly up the Cardinals list when it was revealed that he came in for a second interview with the team just a couple of days ago. The breaking news that we had, Gambo, just about 20 minutes ago, Dan Quinn informed all interested teams that he is staying in Dallas. He was a candidate for the Cardinals head coaching job. He had interviewed with the Colts and the Broncos. His heart is in Dallas, and he wants to win a Super Bowl there. That, according to Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. I mean, incredible, right? I mean, opportunity to be a head coach in this league. You think he would have gotten one of those jobs and he turns it down he's going to return to be the defensive coordinator for the uh for the cowboys um 
you know, Kellen Moore, who's the offensive coordinator, when Reich got the Carolina job, that took him out of the running. So the Cowboys might have both of their guys back, both guys who are looking at jobs. And Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn could be back with McCarthy for this 2023 season. They keep the band they keep the band together. Yeah. Now the, the Cowboys did make some moves with their coaching staff. They, they fired like five guys. The, right. <laughs> they fired their running backs coach. They fired the linebackers coach. They 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 got rid of five different assistant coaches. But for them, getting Kellen Moore back and getting Dan Quinn back is a big deal. So you you, you kind of have to try to find out what happened here. If you're the Cardinals, were, were did Dan Quinn know? He wasn't going to get one of these head coaching jobs. Did Dan Quinn not want one of these head coaching jobs? Does Dan Quinn believe that he is in line to be the next head coach of the mm. Dallas Cowboys if Mike McCarthy fails again next well, year? Trying to read between the lines of what happened here, Gambit. I'm trying to figure out what exactly this means relative to the Cardinals. Well, let's let's just go over some of the timelines here. Because the Cardinals interviewed him a second time on Wednesday. On Wednesday, they interviewed him for a second time. Now, you go back to early January, the Broncos requested to interview Quinn on January 9th. The Colts requested to interview him on the 17th. And on then on the 20th of January, the Broncos interviewed him in person for their head coaching job. On the 21st, the Cardinals requested to interview him. And obviously, they interviewed him a second time, like I mentioned, on Wednesday. Just yesterday, they interviewed him a second time. And today, he made the decision to stay with the Dallas Cowboys, committed to return to them. And a shocking turn of events. Because two of the guys that we had kind of narrowed down as the top three candidates are off the board now. Now, you interviewed seven, you know, seven people. I mean, I'm starting to think that can Sean Payton now that now that some guys are leaving, does it put a stronger emphasis on trying to get Sean Payton to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? I think that's what a lot of Cardinal fans. I think that's what a lot of Cardinal fans are thinking right now. And and I, I don't want to give any false hope. I don't want to make anybody feel like they should be thinking that. But I, I kind of think that you know it, it, the Gambo theory is kind of like the process of elimination, right? Like when you're doing your thing, a lot of times you okay I can eliminate that guy, I can yeah. eliminate that guy. Yep. Well, we can kind of do the same thing with this coaching search now. Okay, Frank Reich gone. He's the coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Dan Quinn gone. He's staying with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we really there hasn't been hardly any traction on Aaron Glenn or Azure. Vero. I mean, I know those guys have talked to the Cardinals about the gig. At this point, it Ryan feels Flores. like we're, right. If it feels like if we're playing the process of elimination game, it feels like it's Brian Flores, Sean Payton. Who else am I forgetting? Who else? D'Amico Ryan's canceled the meeting. He right. canceled it. But you had Peyton, you had Quinn, you had Flores, you had Glenn, you had Evero, you had Vance Joseph. Reich's gone. Right. I mean, I think that's yeah. everybody. I don't think I'm missing anybody. So I'm looking at the list right now from NFL.com. Here's everybody who's been associated with the Colonel's head coaching job. I think you named them all. Aviro, mm-hmm. Flores, Glenn, Joseph, Peyton, Quinn, Reich, and Ryans. Okay, so let's do a little process of elimination here, right? Okay, so Quinn, no. Reich, no. We haven't heard a lot about Aviro. We haven't heard a lot about Ryans. We haven't heard a lot about Glenn. They've interviewed, but we just haven't heard much about whether they're getting second interviews or not. It feels like Brian Flores, 
maybe Sean Payton, maybe Vance Joseph. I, I still don't think that's likely, but maybe um, as this list gets near, if, honestly, looking at it, Gambo, it feels like we're talking about Sean Payton or Brian Flores here at this point. Well, I mean, if you, you know, you know, Evero doesn't have any head coaching experience and neither does Aaron Glenn, unless one of those guys absolutely blew you away in the interview process and you want to hire them. But, you know, you're right. And or unless they go back to Vance, which I don't, I mean, it's possible, right? I mean, you got Van, you got three defensive guys right now in Flores, uh, Evero, and Vance. And then you've got the offensive guy in Peyton. I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if they're missing anybody. I think that's what you've got. You're down to four, right? You're down to Glenn, yeah. Evero, Flores, and Sean Payton. Yeah, the only other one you'd be counting is D'Amico Ryans, and he never talked with the team about the job. Look, offer the New Orleans. Look, offer the Saints a second round pick. Give him this year a second round pick, and and get get this thing done. Let's go. Well, and and, and that's and and that's that's what honestly, you get, or well, else because Joe well, Payton's not going to get another job. No, he's not. He's not. You have a second round pick this year. It's almost like a first rounder, and that's it. Like, here's my offer to you: second round pick, or we're hiring somebody else. Take it or leave it. And like, I'm I'm giving you three seconds to decide: yes or no. Because if you're not gonna, if that's not good enough for you, we will hire Brian Flores or somebody else. I don't care what money you pay, Peyton. I don't care if it's fifteen, twenty, twenty. I don't care what the money is. I don't want to give up a first round pick, but I'll give up a second. I mean, he's a great coach. He won a Super Bowl. He's been. He's got nine playoff wins under his belt. He'll, he'll do wonders for Kyler Murray. I'm sure Monty Ossenfort's not worried about working with him. I mean, he's got connections here from being a ball boy that he's talked about. Go get it done. You're having lunch with him right now. Call up the call up New Orleans. But like, there's you draw a line in the sand. You draw a line in the sand. Here's what I'm willing to give you. If not, then you don't get anything. Like you get nothing. You lose. <laughs> okay, Willie Wonka. Willie Wonka is hanging out at the Chocolate Factory here on the Burns and Gamble Show. But no, that's that, and that's seriously what this might come down to because now uh, you have to look at the Saints and say, okay, you want to hold out for a first round pick? Fine, you might not ever get that. It's it's literally a free second round pick. Do you want it or not? I mean, we're we're giving you a high second round pick. Do you want this or not? Because that might be the best offer you get for all. Now, that's not the only issue when it comes to hiring Sean Payton. Obviously, there's control and money and things like that. But from our perspective, from the things that concern us the most, I don't think a second round pick is an overpay to get Sean Payton. I think if you can get that and have give up only a second round pick, you've done pretty well for yourself. Because I don't think Sean Payton has very many options left. I don't think the Saints have very many options left, and I think at this point, and again, the reports are, he's meeting with the team today, he's having lunch with Michael Bidwell, there was an interview panel that he talked with, does something happen from there? I don't know, or has Brian Flores, and here's the alternative theory, Brian Flores was the choice all along, and knowing that nobody else was going to hire him for their head coaching job, the Cardinals knew they could take their sweet time with us. They knew they could talk to everybody they wanted to, they could they could really let this slow cook and not worry about rushing it because they knew the guy they wanted all along was the only job he was going to get offered so they could take their time on it. I'm starting to think that's what's happening here, but I'm just guessing. 
Well, you, you, know, you obviously have the connection with Austin Ford and Flores, which we've talked about for a long time, and a lot of people kind of put those two together. But I'm just wondering that, like, why didn't you just hire him then? Like, if you're sold on, why go through the process? We, you know, we talked sure. about this yesterday. Why would you bring, why would you waste Sean Payton's time? Why would you have lunch with Sean Payton and bring him in? If you are sold on Brian Flores and you're always going to hire him, just hire him. That's what people are doing now. They're making our hires. I, that part didn't make sense to me. Which again, I like. So I would think maybe that maybe they're not sold on Flores, and they wanted the chance to speak to Sean Payton, and maybe and maybe something with Payton will get done. Like, like listen, we don't know who they're going to hire, but like, I, I like if you asked me three days ago, I wouldn't have thought that Sean Payton was high on the list. But now that guys start to get eliminated, like Quinn and Reich, how could he not be? Yeah. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at 620-620. When we come back, this might be holding up the deal, too. If the Arizona Cardinals are going to get back in the playoffs, what do they need to fix? What do they need to solve? One national NFL writer has some ideas, and chances are you might not like a lot of them. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back on this Thursday afternoon. Dave Burns, John Gambadoro, here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Obviously, we've been talking a lot of Cardinals today as the coaching is starting to get narrowed into focus a little bit. Frank Reich taking the Carolina job. Dan Quinn announcing today that he was going to stay with Dallas and be their defensive coordinator. And, of course, Sean Payton in town today for his big interview with the Arizona Cardinals. The question about the team itself, Gambo, and uh, you and I both saw the story. We both emailed it to each other. There's a lot in here to talk about. Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com wrote a story today on the seven teams that made the playoffs in 2022, but did not make the playoffs in 2023. Obviously, the Cardinals are one of those teams. And how long the road is back for those teams that missed the playoffs to get back in. He ranked them in inverse order with the team that had the longest, hardest road listed first. He wrote, quote, there's a large gap between the team in seventh and every other team. If you're a head coaching candidate getting calls from a 602 area code, consider this free advice. And then he had the Arizona Cardinals number seven. And he says it's bleak. They have no head coach. He talked about how they don't need a Band-Aid. They need surgery. And that if it were up to him, he'd blow it up. And when I mean blow it up, Gamble, I mean blow it up. He would take a stick of dynamite to the whole thing and just start over when it came to the Cardinals. I agree. Like I, I totally agree. I don't disagree with that. I don't. I don't think that there's a quick fix. As much as there are, you know, incredible turnarounds in the NFL every single year, I don't think the Cardinals, because of where they are situated on the offensive and defensive lines, are close to having that. I just don't think that they are. Now, granted, you have a good draft. You hit some free agents. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. But I would, I would take the long play if I'm the GM here. I would take the yeah. long play. What I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna try to go get that 32 year old guy that's got one or two years left to help me in 2023. I'm gonna go get the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that money for younger players and some of my own players and things like that. So I do think that's the long play, right? So you go to, you go get JJ Watt, you go get Hollywood Brown. Those are moves you make for now. 
I don't think you go make moves like that. I think you 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 develop a young core. You try to keep Byron Murphy and Zach Allen, some of the players you like, and then continue to build with younger players, especially on the offensive and defensive line. So I totally agree that this needs to be blown up and you have to start over. I, I totally felt the same way. And, and honestly, I, I read through the story. I wasn't surprised by it. I kind of kind of skimmed it. And then I went back and reread it again later this morning. And I agree with everything about it. There's just one line that it's like, it, it's like you stepped on a tack. Okay? And here's what he writes. Here's what Barnwell writes. Uh, the best thing for the Cardinals to do, blow things up, start over, while hoping to build a more sustainable offensive infrastructure around Kyler and 2024 and beyond. Trading Hopkins, trading wideout Marquise Brown. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it's it, there. Jersey. It's there. Don't it's say there. it. Just glance over it. I just glanced over it. Trading safety oh, Buddha Baker. Did I told him not to say it. Did I, didn't I say don't say it? Did you, I said don't say it. Well, that's okay. I agree with everything about this except for that. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a sec, Bill. Now, hold on a sec. Now, wait just a darn minute here. Hop, sure. Hollywood, let's talk. Buddha? Okay. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Buddha, I don't Buddha care. just turned 27 like two weeks ago. He just, So he's going to play this year at 27, next year at 28, and the following. He's got three more years of playing a full season in his 20s. When I say rebuild, I'm not like a five-year plan. Blow it up this year and then try to win next year. I'm not saying like try to win this year. I, I think you've got to have a couple of good drafts. And, but there's no reason that you can't look to the following season after 23 and look at 24 and 25 when Boot is 28 and 29 years old and try to win. I mean, now, oh, man, that one yeah, that, that one hit me like a ton of bricks. You want to trade who? Exactly. You want to trade the heart and soul of the football team? Yeah. Like, you can't do it. Like, you can't. It means too much to the team. And you've got to, tr- you still got, have to, you have to have those players. Now, look, if three years from now, two years from now or something, you get in a position and you're not winning and, you know, okay. But right now, I don't, I mean, I don't even, I couldn't even contemplate them doing that. Look, and I didn't want to read it. I know you were, you were warning me not know, to I told read you it. not to say it. You didn't I'm trying not to speak it into existence or anything, but it's like one of those, like, I agree, I agree, I agree. Oh, wait, what? Trade Buda Baker? Yeah, no, not doing that. He's right? only like, under like every- contract for two more years, though, right? You only have him for this year and next year, then he's a free agent, or you could, you know, but he is under contract for just this coming season and then the following season. So unless, but he didn't bring that up. If he is, if Bonwell had said, listen, Boot is not going to want to come back in two years, trade him and get something for him now, rather than lose him in free agency because he's not going to return. If you said that, if he knew something, then okay, that that's a different story. But he's not saying that, hey, Buddha's contract's going to expire within two years and he's going to want to get out of there. I mean, we have no indication. I mean, Buddha apparently loves it here, and um, he's a leader and well-respected. He's got a chance to be in that ring of honor as one of the great Cardinal players. Yeah, I hate I hate the idea. I, I hate the idea of even, and believe me, I didn't want to bring it up, but it's just I, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew out there listening knew this is what Bill Barnwell's vision of blowing it up looks like. I mean, this is, this is what he's talking about. Would you trade Hollywood Brown? Yes. Okay. So would I. Uh-huh. So would I. I listen. I, I have no. I have no problem with that. Uh, how many untouchables are on this team? 
Well, I mean, Kyler honestly, out of necessity. Many, yeah, Kyler because you can't with the, with the cap hit. Even if you wanted to, you can't. Um, Buddha. Boy, this really speaks to the problem of the Arizona Cardinals that we can only come up with two guys. Stop right there. That's it, right? Just stop right there. You're done. Who's untouchable on the Arizona Cardinals? You Buddha. Stop. You're done. I mean, honestly, who else is untouchable? You're going to tell me that Isaiah Simmons is untouchable? Zayvon Collins no. is untouchable? You're going to tell me Zach Allen, Byron Murphy is untouchable? Good players? Like, yeah, I'm open to trading anybody that's not Buda Baker. You got an offensive yeah. lineman that you want to hold on to? Is uh, DJ Humphreys untouchable? I don't think he's untouchable. James no. Conner? No, no, he's not untouchable. There's the, nobody in the wide receiving core I would say is untouchable. There's nobody. Tight ends? No, I mean, McBride flashed, but he's not untouchable. Jalen you know, Thompson? I, yeah, I only put, I, only put I, I, I think Jalen Thompson is good. I think he's touchable. Sure. I think he's tradable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's shown so much talent that you wouldn't even consider the notion of Wait, trading Jalen an, Thompson. How can an NFL team have only one guy that's untouchable? Wow. How many guys are on a roster know, in the NFL? You got one guy that, that's untouchable? That speaks to the problems that this has plagued this organization for years. I mean, the roster is just broken. It's been broken for a long, long time. You've got one untouchable player. Two, if you count Kyler, only because his contract makes him untouchable. Eric, that's a good. That's a good question for like to, how many players, or just a question on the who's untouchable. How many players would you truly say are untouchable in the Arizona Cardinals? You're Monty Austin for You're coming in. You're looking at this roster. Are you really sitting in writing down ten guys like, oh, I gotta have this guy. Oh, I gotta build around this guy, Buddha. Buddha. He's the only one. He is the only one. Just yep. good players, but nobody like good. There's a difference between good and great. The good players are touchable. Trust me, they're touchable. Yeah, he's the only one. He's the only one. And I wouldn't put anybody. This team needs surgery. Not now. Is that keeping them from getting guys they want in the coaching search? Does that scare Sean Payton away from this job when he looks at the roster and he looks at the same thing we do? Who on this roster is untouchable? There's one guy who's untouchable. Does that keep a Sean Payton from taking the job? No. You know why? Because how many draft picks do the Cardinals have this year with the comp- compensatory picks? I think it's eight total. Okay. I think eight this year. Plus, you're going to add five free agents. Then you're going to have eight next year and five. So within two years, you're going to have 30 new players on the roster. There's also going to be guys that are undrafted that you're going to sign. You're going to have 30 new players on this roster within two years of these guys taking over. Mark my words. Two years from right now. There's 30 new players on this team. So I don't think that that scares you off because, you know, roster turnover in the NFL is unlike other sports. So it would seem. We are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57. Bud Light, FanDuel, Arizona Sports. Wants you to be there in person. Text the word SUPER to 620-620 to register. Listen for your name starting February 6th. Then you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. All access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Matt Ishbia will soon have control of the Phoenix Suns. What is on his to-do list? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, welcome back into Burns and Gambo here on this Thursday afternoon. If you missed it earlier, you're just tuning in to the show. Gambo mentioned earlier that Devin Booker is 
close. How close is Devin Booker, Campbell? I heard today that they expect him back sometime next week. Now, there are three games, four games next week. Two are home, two are on the road. Um, so when you look at the Suns' schedule, if, it, if, the, if he, there's a home game Monday and then a home game Wednesday, and then they're on the road Friday, Saturday, back-to-backs. Now, the Suns had said they're going to re- reevaluate him on Wednesday. Yep. So I would think that w- that there's a possibility. I said that there are home games Monday and Wednesday, but I said he'll be back next week from what I'm hearing. So that could be the Wednesday game against Atlanta or the Friday game against the Celtics. But unless there's a setback... My expectations from what I heard today are that Devin Booker will be back next week. Again, four games next week. Can't tell you which one it will be, but um, they expect that he's going to be back very soon. The Boston game is the start of a five-game road trip for the Suns. They're at Boston, at Detroit. You mentioned those are back-to-back. Back-to-back, and he probably is not going to play back-to-back, I wouldn't think. Then at Brooklyn, then at Atlanta, then at Indiana. The Atlanta-Indiana games are also back-to-back. So that five-game stretch, you know, is it starts at the end of next week, and it starts with, you know, one of the best teams in the NBA in Boston. But, yeah, their, their schedule, it's Dallas tonight, uh, at San Antonio on Saturday, home against Toronto on Monday, and then that Atlanta game that you mentioned. And if it's sometime next week, is it Toronto, is it Atlanta, or is it just getting him for the start of that road? Road trip, and then yeah, to your point, my guess is Wednesday against Atlanta. My guess is he's back next Wednesday. Two back to backs during that five game road trip. I would imagine they take it easy with Devin Booker. I would imagine he's on a minutes restriction. I would imagine they're very cautious with him when they bring him back in those moments, and, and maybe even sit him on the second night of a back to back or the first night of a back to back, just to make sure he doesn't have any flare ups because of how important he is for what is kind of the ultimate goal of all of this thing. Um, and then of course the trade deadline, which comes while they're in the middle of that road trip on February 9th. Now, a couple of stories we want to talk about here. Um, one of them is one of them kind of leads right into the other. One of them is about a prediction about the trade deadline, and the prediction is that the Suns will be one of the bold teams. Uh, bold predictions for the NBA trade deadline. Uh, they This is Bleacher Report. They believe the Phoenix Suns are one of three teams that will trade multiple first-round picks at the deadline. Okay, The Grizzlies are one, the Knicks are another, the Suns are a third. Bleacher Report is predicting that at least two of the Grizzlies, Knicks, or Suns will trade multiple first-round picks at the deadline. And, Gambo, that leads into story number two. How much of that will have to do with, with Matt Ishbia when he takes over ownership of the Suns? Press conference is coming on February 8th. That's the day before the trade deadline in the NBA. Will that have anything to do with the bold prediction about what the Suns are going to do with the trade deadline. Yeah, it, it, listen, Matt Ishby is not coming in here making calls and making trades. What he would do is, uh, we've talked about this uh, a lot after we had James Jones on the show yesterday, his main role is going to be support, support, and what do you need? What can I do to help? But his ability to approve a trade would be the thing that you're looking for. His ability to approve a, a massive trade, you know, you, now there's no hang-ups. There's no, like, can, do, do I need to go to Robert? Do I need to go to Matt? Do I need to just stand pat and do nothing because nobody's really in charge right now? Do I go to Sam Garvin? What, how much say this? Once, once this thing gets finalized, then it's you know it, it's typical business.
business as usual. GM has a trade proposal. He goes to the owner. The owner okays it or he doesn't okay it. That's how it always has worked before. Whether it was Ryan McDonough or James Jones, they came up with a trade. They came up with something that they wanted to do. You need the approval of the ownership, and the, you know the ownership approves it, and then you get it done. Um, so I think that's what you would get at. I don't know that there is a trade out there that would force the Phoenix Suns to give up multiple first-round picks, and and if, unless it's something that really helps them in window number two as well as window number one. It would have to help them with both. And if you don't aren't familiar with the two windows, we, we classify window one number one as like the Chris Paul window. This yep. Window number two is the post-Chris Paul window. Yes. And that's kind of what we, you know, a lot of people think window number one is already closed because Chris Paul's diminishing skill set. That, that has yet to be determined because we have to see how much Chris Paul has left during the rest of the regular season and how much of that carries over to the postseason. But for those who haven't heard, when we say window one, we mean Chris Paul. When we say window two, we're talking about after Chris Paul. If you're giving up multiple first round picks all right if you're digging because that that's your that's your stash right that's your bag of inventory if you're digging into that bag you're not doing it for just a rental who's going to be here for two months and you're going for it with Chris Paul and I don't think you're doing it for a player who you don't envision being a part of your rotation after Chris Paul has left I think you're absolutely right that's a window one and window two guy the question then becomes is anybody like that going to be available probably in the not. next two weeks you know not, who is worth giving up that kind of inventory Inventory in the next probably weeks. not. I mean, I mean, what type of player are we talking about? I mean, we're talking about a, a, a multiple first round picks is like a star level player, like multiple first round picks. So, you know, I just don't know that there's a there's a is there a player out there? If, if there is, I haven't you know heard that that guy's name unless unless you go to Toronto and they want to move Pascal Siakam. He's worth it. Then he would be worth it. You know, that's I'd one guy's name that I would think about. You know, to, you look at a team that may blow it up because the things aren't really going well for them. And that's what you have to look at. You have to look at the, the rosters of the teams that are out of it and say, okay, do I, do I want anything from San Antonio's roster? Do I want anything from the Pistons roster? No, the Hornets roster? The, the Magic are young and upcoming. You know, the Wizards, I don't think are trading Kuzma. The Rockets, um, you know, that, you know, there, there aren't, like, like the the Lakers are in it. Like there's only two teams in the West that are out of it: the Spurs and the Rockets. Like that's it. Yeah, that's it. And it's that's like you're it. not like you're not giving up a first round pick for Eric Gordon. You wait till he gets bought out, and then you go grab him. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's only three teams in the Eastern Conference that are out of it. Suns beat one the other night by 30 points. I, I continue to maintain Toronto as the team to watch. I'm glad you brought that up because if you're going to dig into that bag of tricks and you're going to go make a deal, you have to kind of target the teams that might be looking to move. Everybody has been speculating that Toronto is ready to blow it up. And and we look at that roster. We've talked about Van Vliet. We've talked about OG Ananobi. We've even had a conversation about Gary Trent Jr. If you're telling me there's they're going to blow it up and there's a guy available on that roster, I'm circling Pascal Siakam as a guy who helps window one, as a guy who helps window two. Is Toronto going to make the determination in the next two weeks that he's available for me? And I know we've talked before, Gambo, about fit. Does he fit with the Suns, with what they're trying to do basketball-wise? I, I, I'm going to change what I do basketball-wise to make it fit for a guy like Pascal Siakam. I think uh-huh. he and Devin Booker are a one-two punch that could rule the West and compete in the West for five years. I really believe that. Yeah, I mean, how many guys in the league have given you 25 points, 8 rebounds, and 6.5 assists? I mean, that list is really, really small. <laughs> That's a small, really small list. He's versatile. Really he's talented. Um, 
you know, he's, you know, there's been a lot of frustrations, you know, with that team this year with the, you know, their level of play. Siakam is a, is a great player. Now there is, there's been some struggles with him, you know, this year, especially, you know, shooting the threes, not shot it very well. Um, but overall, I mean, again, the, the list of players giving you 25 points, eight rebounds and six assists in this league are few and far between. There aren't many that could do that, that have his size and, and range and versatility. There's, there's, there's not many like him. So, yeah, that would be a guy that if he's available and somebody wants multiple first-round picks for him, you would give that up. All right. I, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later. There was, with Matt Ishbia coming in and with the, the, the reporting yesterday that, Mar- that uh, February 8th is going to be the day he's introduced, on PHNX Sports today, there was a story from Gerald Bourget, their NBA writer, their son's writer, on the 10 wish list things for Matt Ishbia to do when he gets here. I'll go through some of them. I think we'll dive a little deeper a little later on in the show. He had trade Jay Crowder at the very least at number three. I think that's going to happen whether Ishbia takes over or not, right? Nah, let's um, not trade him. Let's let him, let, yeah. him, let, him, let him rot all year long. No. Yeah, I think that's going to happen whether Ishbia takes over before the trade deadline or not. They had commit to a G League team as number five. There's only two teams in the NBA that don't have right. an, a G League team, um, and he would like to see that. Number six is the biggie. Evaluate the front office and beef up the personnel. And he's pointing out specifically, this is not calling for James Jones's job. It's just checking to see whether James Jones needs help. More scouts, more eyes, more voices, more people in the room to help evaluate, and that might be one of the things. I mean, we were talking yesterday about Bob Myers and whether he's available from Golden State or not, right? That kind of factors. We were both a little surprised that the Suns were being affiliated with a guy like Bob Myers. That kind of plays into that. Does James Jones, is there more that needs to go into the basketball ops part of the front office to make it even better than it is right now? That's a big question HB is going to have to answer. Yeah, probably. I mean, I know that over the years, the Suns have changed a lot of the ways that they did scouting. You know, instead of having all these people that are all over the place, you know, I think that they focused more on films and, and conversations on the phones with coaches and things like that instead of, you know, having coaches everywhere because I think I think that was their philosophy. It was like, let's, you know, we could we could watch a lot of the, we, we need more people having eyes on, on the games that these guys play. You don't, not, not traveling all over the place. So I think that they did cut back on that travel over the last couple of years. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we are at the turn halfway home. Lots of movement in the coaching ranks. We'll bring you the latest on the 4 o'clock reset next on the Burns and Gambo show.